Farzine Vesugin here for a playoff recap edition of the Chiefs on Podcast. Not the type of recap we thought we would be doing, but once again, this is going to be that kind of a recap playoff edition. Uh, just so much to get into. There is a lot that I want to discuss, and I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right into it. You guys know the social media. If you're new and you don't know, hey, it's easy. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That is my Facebook page. Like my page on there. Follow me on Facebook. Do the Facebook Live after the game. And a lot of you guys interact with me during that loss. Or after the loss, I should say. And you guys had a lot to say. And I do want to get into some of the comments that I heard uh, after the game and even during the game uh, as the Chiefs blew that game in the second half. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. Email me as well, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Hey, look, the season may be over. We may be in off-season mode, but the podcast is not going anywhere. We're still going to be doing podcasts. Uh, occasionally, we'll do Facebook Live videos whenever something important happens, such as a big free agent signing or the draft. You guys get the idea. Uh, those kinds of things. So we won't be doing a lot of the Facebook Live videos that much uh, uh, for the remainder of uh, the year until next season, essentially. So... And that is due to the fact that the Chiefs fell to the Tennessee Titans 22-21 in this one. Just a heartbreaker. Uh, listen, uh, I'll go over the game and, and talk about some of the uh, reports that came up before the game about Alex Smith. And uh, and just, there are a lot of things to get into here. Let me just say this to open up the podcast. I love this football team, like many of you guys. I really do. But man, it it really is hard to be a Chiefs fan. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I kind of equate it similar to, and I've said this before, and I think it's worth saying again. I do equate it similar to being a KU basketball basketball fan, where you get so excited for the regular season and everything that 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 you have accomplished, winning eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve straight Big Twelve regular season titles, only to show nothing for it in the tournament. You show an early exit. Or you just have one disappointing ending one way or another. Last year's case, KU losing in Kansas City in the game uh, that was the Final Four clincher. With the Chiefs? Listen, I, I said this one year ago. After the Chiefs lost to the Steelers in the playoffs. I said that, the, that I'm never going to buy into the hype ever again. And I, I lied to you guys because the schedule came out. We saw it was the Patriots on opening week, and the Chiefs got the Chiefs destroyed them and got off to a five nothing start this season. That was their record five and zero. Once upon a time, this Chiefs team dominating a lot of other teams. And even though we saw some issues on the defensive side, it looked like this offense was impossible to stop, and it didn't seem like they were going to slow down anytime soon. Then we saw this team lose six of seven, only to. Change things, change things up a little bit. Andy Reid gives play calling duties to Matt Nagy. And then we see this team end on a better note. A couple of teams that were catching up in the division. The Chiefs defeated both of them. The Raiders and the Chargers. You win four games in a row. And you're sitting fairly well with a 10-6 and record. Winning the AFC West. You know you've got a playoff game at home. And you're going into January with some momentum. Whereas the Titans, uh, they, they were coming off a win. But they had three losses before that. And Marcus Mariota, not a very good season for him at all. And it it just looked like there was every reason in the book to believe that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to overcome all of these 
years of just disappointments and sadness. And that was not the case. When the Chiefs took that 21-3 lead right before halftime, Alex Smith threw a fake, or he, he had a fake, to Kareem Hunt. And the entire Titans defense bit on that because they were expecting a short pass from Alex Smith. And next thing you know, Demarcus Robinson, wide open, gets into the end zone. And the Chiefs have a 21-3 lead going into halftime. At that point right there, I told myself, this team is going to make it pretty far in the playoffs. Whoever they play next week, New England or Pittsburgh, they're going to challenge that football team. I went that far ahead with this team. I really did. And I should have known better. I texted somebody. I said, look, this Chiefs team, it, it whoever they play, if they keep playing like this, they're going to be hard to stop. Now, I also said this on social media. I brought up the fact that the Chiefs led the Titans 14-0 last regular season. Late regular season. Remember that game? Ryan Suckup had two opportunities to make a game-winning field goal from 52 or 53 yards away. Andy Reid called a timeout on one of them. Uh, Suckup missed it, but he made it uh, the second try and led the Titans to a win over the Chiefs. The Chiefs led that football game 14-0. And I guarantee you, when the Chiefs were leading 14-0 in this game, I guarantee you th- there was a, at least one person, whether it was a coach or a player, somebody on that Titans sideline or in the huddle said, look, we were at the same venue last year trailing 14-0 and we came back and won. I guarantee you someone in that Titans sideline or the huddle had to have said that because at that point when you're down 14-0 in a playoff game at a very electrical environment like Arrowhead Stadium, you need to provide some sort of encouragement to everyone on the team. And, and, And really, if I'm Tennessee, that's the encouragement I would have used to pump up my teammates or, or, or my players, depending if you're a coach or a player, and letting them know, hey, look, we were in the same exact situation last year. So don't just roll over. Keep playing hard. And good for the Titans. They did exactly that. The Chiefs were outscoring them, outgaining them, uh, everything. At the end of the day, it was the Titans who outgained the Chiefs 397 to 325. They had more time of possession, three minute, 32 minutes and 28 seconds to Kansas City's 27 minutes and 32 seconds. They also outplayed the Chiefs in moving the chains 23 times to 19. And I don't know the exact numbers for how it was in the second half, but you know the Titans had a lot more in the second half than the Chiefs did. Now, I do want to say this, uh, just as a Chiefs fan, I was talking about you know disappointments comparing that to KU basketball. I love this football team, I really do, but it is the same thing year after year. It really is. You, you see this football team, you know, they, they lost how they lost last year. There's no change. We can't go back and change that. They lost to a kicker. And then they open up the season defeating the Patriots, the, who overcame the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. They beat Tom Brady, the, the best football player ever, some are calling him. I mean, you, really the, the, the best QB and head coaching duo to ever live. Five Super Bowl rings together. The Chiefs beat that team. They didn't just beat them. They destroyed them. And the the way the Chiefs looked this season, I said it on the podcast. 
many times. We don't know which Chiefs team is going to show. And all of my breakdowns that I have done, all the preview podcasts, I always said, look, the Chiefs can win this football game, but they could also lose it depending on which Chiefs team shows up. And in the this game, we saw both versions of the Chiefs. We saw the Chiefs team that is capable of beating all 31 other NFL teams and winning a Super Bowl. And in the second half, we saw a Chiefs team that could absolutely lose to the Cleveland Browns. A team that went 0-16 this year. I don't know what what exactly is the issue here. Because with this franchise, as far as under Andy Reid, we can pinpoint some of the issues. And I'll get into that. But this franchise has now lost 11 of its last 12 playoff games. And people want to talk about how they beat a Texans team that won a terrible division. Look, you can only play who you're, who you're scheduled to play. And the Chiefs were scheduled to play the Texans because they won their division and you overcame a 1-5 start that year. You were a wild card team. So, a win is a win. You, you never apologize for that. But losing 11 of 12 in the postseason, that is unacceptable with, the, with this team. I don't know why, but this franchise, they don't love their fans. They really don't. I love this team. A lot of you guys listening are diehard fans just like me. But this is not a team that that pays it back to its fan base. They just don't. And not only that, you have one of the best parking complexes that you could ask for, yet you have the most horrendous traffic uh, that fans have to come in and go out of each and every single game. And this was not an issue in, in the 90s and into 2000s when the Chiefs had sellouts those years for, for a long period of time. So, once again, what happens? The Chiefs have an 18-point lead at halftime. Coming out of the locker room, I thought this Chiefs team was going to continue to roll. And I said it on, on Facebook, look, it's a 14-0 lead, but do not push the brakes. Keep pedaling. And the Chiefs did not do that in this game. They did not. I do not want any excuses about officiating. Yes, there was one bad uh, uh, call from the referees in which the Chiefs did not get their fumble. Uh, the uh, forward progress. The one on the failed two-point attempt, that was correctly called, I thought. But there were some bad officiating calls. There was that missed hold on Tom Bahali, a lot of missed calls. It happens on both teams. It really does. People only talk about it about their team if they lose. So I don't want any excuses about officiating. I don't want any excuses about Travis Kelsey not uh, not playing in the second half and having to leave because of a concussion. I don't want any. I, I'm seeing people say certain people bringing up certain reasons as to why the Chiefs lost. I don't want people to bring up the fact that the Chiefs benched their starters last week. Uh, some people are blaming it on the report that is a quote-unquote distraction before the game. Ian Rappaport was reporting that the Chiefs are going to they're going to trade Alex Smith, and they're quote thrilled with what they saw from Pat Mahomes. I don't want that. That's not an excuse. None of those reasons that I just brought up that some fans are using are excuses as to why the Chiefs blew an 18-point lead. Resting your starters is not a reason to blow an 18-point lead. Missing your star tight end, one key player, is not a reason to blow an 18-point lead. None of these things are. The Chiefs beat themselves. And listen, you give credit to Tennessee. They also took advantage of Kansas City's weaknesses, but 
Andy Reid got complacent, and I said it on social media. I said, do not get complacent. Keep firing. Don't get comfortable. And they did exactly that in this game. I want to change the quarterback just as much as the next Chiefs fan. But I'm not going to use this game as a reason why I want to see Alex Smith out of Kansas City and the Chiefs should move forward with Pat Mahomes. This was not a game that Alex Smith lost. Sure, he could have done better in this football game. I'm not hiding from that. But this was not a game that Alex Smith lost. This was on the hands of Andy Reid, the guy who has turned this franchise around. And if this was Mike Mularkey coaching this team, we talk about a, a possible termination right away. However, I don't agree with the notion of firing Andy Reid. This is a guy who has turned this franchise around. Let's not forget where this franchise was before he got here. And he has really turned this. The problem with Andy Reid is that he needs to set aside his ego. I get it. He's been in this league forever. He's gone to so many NFC championship games. He's been to a Super Bowl. But he's got to let someone call the plays. And clearly it was Andy Reid calling the plays. It was not Matt Nagy. You could tell who was calling the plays there. This is just hard to watch if you're a Chiefs fan. There's a reason why teams were calling Doug Peterson to be a head coach after he was given the play calling duties and the Chiefs won 10 in a row in the regular season to finish off the year in 2015. There's a reason why people are calling up Matt Nagy's agent wanting him to be their next head coach. And Andy Reid took those play calling duties away, similar to what Todd Haley did with Charlie Weiss in 2010 when the Chiefs faced the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs. This is just hard to really take in. It really is. I mean, what do you what do you say as a Chiefs fan now? As and a lot of you guys listening are diehard fans. I mean, anytime you see fans that are into these online things, podcasts and blogs, it's because you're a diehard fan and you want to take in. As much Chiefs talk as you as you possibly can. And I understand that. So a lot of the people who I'm listening to are the diehards here. And even if you're not a diehard, you still love this team. What do you, what do you even say about your team now? I'm not saying jump off and, and go be a fan of another team. This is still going to be my team forever. But at some point, you've, you've got you've to do something. You can't allow, you know, blowing a 38-10 to 10 lead against the The Colts, losing to a kicker last year, blowing an 18-point lead at Arrowhead of all places. Like, how else can they, like, what's, if the Chiefs make it next year, what are they going to do then? How are they going to lose next year's game? Like, if, if, if success was based on Unique ways to lose. The Chiefs would be the Chiefs would have tons of Super Bowl trophies lined up uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, it's it's really coming down to that. Like that's the kind of comment I have to make about this football team because they're not playing very aggressively for four quarters. The inconsistency this year has killed this football team. They look dominant at times, but there's always just that one moment where they don't look dominant and. They get outplayed. And, and, and I talked about the Jets game, how the Jets beat the Chiefs using time of possession. I mentioned last year, the Titans and the Buccaneers did the same thing. Look at the Titans. The same exact Titans team did the same thing in this game in the second half. That is why they won. The Titans realized what they did last year against the Chiefs worked. So they did it again. The same thing 
controlling time, time of possession, utilizing the running game, and that worked. Look at the rushing yards. Kansas City had 69. The Titans had 202. More That is seven more passing yards. Seven more rushing yards than passing yards. That's what happened in this football game. The Titans beat the Chiefs using the running game. And you don't see that often in the NFL these days. So when you want to look at the regular season last year. When the Chiefs lost to the Titans and the Bucks, They lost because of time of possession. And the running game. You want to look at the loss of the Jets. They lost because the Jets used time of possession. They also used the ground game a little bit. But Josh McCown got a lot of the credit. Also won AFC Offensive Player of the Week against the Chiefs. And the Titans once again did the same exact thing in this game that the Jets did and that they also did the previous year as well as the Bucks. We know how to beat the Chiefs. Now, again, I, I you give credit to the Titans, but I give all as far as how this game ended, I put a lot of it on the play calling. I have never seen so much horrendous play calls repeated. Again and again. I don't know how many times the Chiefs ran that screenplay. I remember them doing it back-to-back plays and losing yards each time. Uh, I remember the Chiefs, uh, I think it was on the, the third down play uh, before 4th four, four and 9 came up. Al- I, I, I said to my friends and family, I said, look, Alex Smith is going to run it right here. He, he's going to try to run for a first down. And he did exactly that, that, and the Titans had someone ready for him. And Alex Smith was met at the line of scrimmage by multiple defenders. Then that fourth down play, I don't even know what to make of that. Alex Smith looked like he was still making some sort of signal. He he catches the snap and almost looked like he was going to lose it. And throws a pass right to Albert Wilson's hands, I believe that's who it was. A little bit overthrown, but man, uh, for for what he was able to try to do, I thought Alex Smith did, did good in this football game. Again, I, I, he could have done better, but no turnovers in this game. A couple of touchdowns, uh, had more than 200 yards passing in the first half. I don't know what I, what I could have asked from Alex Smith. The way that the Chiefs lost this football game, Andy Reid put Alex Smith in position to to not do well. The Chiefs were, not, were playing to not lose. And when you play to not lose, instead of playing to win, you lose. That's just the bottom line right there. That's how it works. And I get it. Look, you, you have a nice lead and you want to you wanna maintain that lead. You also don't want to put too much on film for the Patriots or the, the Steelers study. Look, you, there are already 16 games in the books. There are plenty of things they can go back on. It doesn't just have to be that one game. Be a little bit more aggressive uh, before you end the game. Uh, listen, uh, this, this, this Chiefs team... They have nobody to blame but themselves for this loss. And you look at Marcus Mariota, 19 of 31 for 205 passing yards, uh, or 195 yards. Uh, I mean, ESPN's kind of weird about this. It shows Mariota threw for 205, but as a team, they threw for 195. Either way, close enough. You lost to a guy who didn't have the greatest completion and attempt number right there. 205 yards, generally not enough to win you a football game. And he committed a turnover. Uh, The Chiefs had two takeaways in this football game, one of them on special teams. But unfortunately, and the play before that, uh, I mean, the special teams guy, uh, uh, gosh, I don't even have his name in front of me. Um, 
Keith Reeser. So this Keith Reeser guy who commits a penalty by pushing a defender to Tennessee's sidelines and then after uh, the Chiefs were gifted a first down for, uh, after a defender ran into Dustin Colquitt, after the play, Reeser has to go and push somebody and pretty much shooting the Chiefs in the foot when they were given a first down. Now, the Chiefs did recover a fumble on the next play when they put it away, uh, but they missed the field goal. And look, uh, hitting the crossbar, listen, the Chiefs were lucky to even attempt a field goal right there because they should have had a first down, and Dory Jackson, he just gave the Chiefs a, a present on that one. So the Chiefs, I mean, look, they, they should have made that field goal right there, but uh, again, uh, just a, a comedy of, of errors in the second half. There, It really was. A lot of you guys uh, wanting a change. Listen, uh, let me just say this right now. There has to be some changes made. There has to be. And I, I'm, not, I'm not for firing Andy Reid. But if I'm Clark Hunt, here's what I do. I have a discussion with, I have a sit down discussion with Andy Reid. And I tell him, look, there's a reason why things worked in 2015 and 2017 when you handed off play calling duties to your offensive coordinator. It's no shocker as to why Doug Peterson got hired and Matt Nagy could soon be a head coach. Hand the play calling duties off to somebody else and have it stay that way. Because it works when the Chiefs do that. It won them four in a row this year to end the season. It won them ten in a row a couple of years ago to end the season. And when it, and it was very evident that Andy Reid took play calling duties away from Matt Nagy. Because it was Andy Reid. Only Andy Reid could call those kinds of plays that he called. I mean, the the uh, option, uh, you know, run to the right with, an, with the option opportunity and the entire offensive line just collapsed and the defense just stormed in on Alex Smith. Even if he were to toss it back, that would have been a loss of yards, even more loss of yards. So it, it was just not a good idea to even do so many things. The multiple screen plays that were called in this one, even when they hand it off and do a fake screen look, uh, making it look like they will do a screen, teams are just not going to bite into that. Uh I get it, you want to throw your, your opponents off, but the, the Chiefs have so many even fake screen attempts uh, where they try to make it seem like they'll throw it, they'll have a screen, but uh, it's just constantly happening over and over and over again. It's just not a good look, and uh, it, it's, it's just tough to watch as a Chiefs fan. It really is. At the game, uh, the Chiefs announced earlier this week that they were handing out uh, rally towels. Some of them said, attack everything, and some of them said, fear nothing. Let me tell you what, in this football game, especially in the second half, the Chiefs feared everything and they attacked absolutely nothing in the second half. This Chiefs team was flat out bad. And I know I'm putting a lot of it on Andy Reid, but the players have got to take some responsibility too. I mean, the defense, I don't know what they were doing in the second half. That was a very poorly executed defensive game plan and also a poorly coached game plan. I think... I know I've been back and forth on this, but man, Bob Sutton, once again, letting the defense just collapse and allow a big comeback, you've got to make a change there because this is now the second time the defense has allowed a big comeback. And and listen, the offense needs to keep scoring. They need to keep uh, being aggressive. But when you have a lead like that, your defense should never allow a team to come back like that. I'm not saying you have to hold a team to zero points every time you have to hold them scoreless, but... 
you can't let them score 18 points when you have a lead like 19 points rather to be more accurate they scored 19 unanswered in the, in the second half the chiefs won the first half 21 to 3 the titans won the second half 19 to 0 this game was a tale of two halves obviously and the chiefs have got to find a way to not let things like this happen off on and on and on Again, you lost to a kicker last year. Twice in the playoffs, you allow a big comeback. And you look at Marcus Mariota's touchdown pass to himself. Uh, that that was almost like a, the, the, the impact that play had was very similar to Andrew Luck when he recovered a, a fumble from a running back uh, and dove into the end zone. When I mentioned it at the time, I was kidding because that was Tennessee's first touchdown of the game. Little did we know that was going to make uh, an impact. That was the start of a, of a nice comeback for Kansas City. Little did I know that was going to happen. I don't know. I, 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 listen, I, I do this podcast. I've done it for 10 years, and I'm speechless once again. Uh, I really am. The Chiefs put on their best Atlanta Falcons impression in this football game. Uh, and, you know, it's the second time the Chiefs have a lot of big comeback. Uh where do you even go from here? You, as far as immediate changes right now, you've got to have a an offensive play caller. You know, obviously, it should be your offensive coordinator, and that needs to be a permanent decision. It cannot be taken back. The only the only way is if the offensive coordinator has some sort of urgent personal issue and is going to be absent for the game. Surely you have like a backup situation. You gotta you gotta be ready to, to have everything. Uh, you, you have a backup for everything. You've got to. So, listen, Andy Andy Reid's got to look at himself in the mirror and realize why are the Chiefs not winning football games in the playoffs? Why? It's not difficult. And I understand, you know, you have these close ties with coaches and all, but. You've got to make changes, and I think there has to be a change made at defensive coordinator. It really does. Let me say one other thing, because I know a lot of people will bring up, to play devil's advocate, a lot of people will say, Farzine, last podcast, you criticized the Cincinnati Bengals for retaining Marvin Lewis after they went 0-7 in the playoffs with him. Yes, absolutely, that's a very fair point to make. Let me just say this, though. With Andy Reid, Andy Reid's got, gotten to conference championship games many times Marvin Lewis hasn't Andy Reid has turned this Chiefs team around the the Bengals have never started off a season you know 9 and 0 or 5 and 0 or have gone on a 10 game winning streak the things that this Chiefs team has done under Andy Reid the Bengals have not done that Andy Reid has brought in so many dynamic players and has put together a pretty fun product to watch at times all he needs, his issue is not, you know, how do I word this? His issue is basically his ego. He needs to let someone else be the play caller, especially in big games. This is why you have coordinators. This is pretty tough to take in. Once again, it was, I went into this game remembering the fact that the Chiefs have had a lot of tough playoff losses, especially at home. Have not won at home in the postseason since 1994. But this game, when the Chiefs had that 18-point lead and the way Alex Smith looked right before halftime, I told myself, this is this is it. This Chiefs team is going to snap that drought. They're going to win a playoff game at home, and they're going 
to challenge whoever they face next week, the Patriots or the Steelers. Listen, my bias would probably get to me, and I would probably predict a win over, over either of those teams. Because I felt like this Chiefs team had solved all, the, all of their issues, and I thought they, they were a much different team. Not the case. Not the case with this team. And again, I, I don't want to go into the future too much on this podcast. We'll actually do it on a later podcast this week, but... For right now, I'll just say this. You've listen, Alex Smith. I, I think Alex Smith can be great uh, if he stays. Not really a fan of that decision, but if you make the right plays, Alex Smith can look like an MVP. He absolutely can. When you have the season that he had, I mean, Alex Smith had just came off his best season with the Chiefs, and that was off fifteen games. You have a. a Great future with your running back in Kareem Hunt, who obviously you know just just won the rushing title as a rookie and could possibly be the rookie of the year. You've got a phenomenal offensive weapon in Tyree Kill, and you've got arguably the best tight end in the league in Travis Kelsey. So there are a lot of things that you can work with with this offense moving forward, and if. The possibility about if the if the rumors are true that the Chiefs could get more than a pair of second round picks for Alex Smith, I say you got to do it. You've got to because you can bring in a lot of talent through the draft and uh, fill in those missing pieces. Let Pat Mahomes get in there and and start working. Start going to work. Uh, I would not be a fan for uh, a team to trade up twenty three spots and have him sit. Two years in a row. I'll get into the future in, in detail in a different podcast. I did uh, see a quote where Alex Smith was um, asked, do you expect to be back next year? And it, I guess he chuckled at that and said, yeah, are you kidding me? So look, uh, listen, uh, Alex Smith is no dummy. He knows that there's a reason why they traded up to get a quarterback. Uh, you don't just trade a guy up and... Just have him sit there. <laughs> I mean, he's got to play at some point. Otherwise, it'd be a waste of a pick. And you're just wasting time uh, having a guy be on the sidelines. And he, if, if if they come out and say that Alex Smith's going to be the quarterback going into 2018 and Pat Mahomes is going to have to watch from the sidelines, if I'm Pat Mahomes, I'm going to express my frustration. Because, look, I, I don't want a team to trade up 23 spots to get me in the first round and not play me. I mean, come on. let's Let's be honest here. Uh, the Chiefs have a talented quarterback, a guy who can probably do a little bit more than Alex Smith, especially on a consistent basis, and I think that could make somewhat of a difference moving forward in the future. So that's something, again, we'll get more uh, detailed uh, with uh, later this week. Uh, and as far as the podcast, listen, we will still be doing the podcast, and I've said this a lot, but I, it's worth saying again, i got to thank all of you guys this year. The numbers definitely were a lot higher this year for the Chiefs on podcast, uh, a great success this year. Some changes are going to be on the way. Some good changes, though. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for that. Podcast is not going anywhere. We're going to go back to doing the show once a week, eventually later this month. Uh, but for right now, I mean, we're still going to be here. We're going to be doing a podcast uh, just about every week. We may take a break here and there, uh, but do expect the, this podcast to continue to be out. Each and every single week. Uh, Later this week, we will touch on the future. Touch on news and notes. Obviously, the Chiefs will have their final get-together before everyone breaks for the offseason. 
and uh, we could hear some uh, some news, some rumblings, some rumors, and we'll discuss all of that later this week. That'll be out on Friday's podcast, so a different time this week than usual, so expect that at a later date. But man, uh, this is still hard to do. Uh, I mean, even when that moment when Marcus Peters looked like he forced the fumble and Derek Johnson ran all the way, man, uh, Arrowhead erupted, and that was the most excited I was watching that. Uh, the two moments where Arrowhead just went off, it was when fans thought there was a fumble on the two-point attempt. When, I, I can't remember who ran it back, it was Frank Zombo or Sorensen, whoever ran it back. Everyone at Arrowhead thought it was it was a two-point conversion the other way. And the other time Chiefs fans went crazy, that was when uh, everyone thought Derek Johnson had a defensive touchdown. And uh, unfortunately, that neither of those happened uh look i, I this is this is the best fans they we we really do are we are the best fans in the nfl i truly do believe that when it's third down uh or or whatever whenever we're on defense even when we're down fans are making noise the chiefs were up by one point and the patriots were on defense in the nfl uh kickoff this year and patriots fans were just shocked they weren't even making noise for their defense and that's a franchise that has won five Super Bowls in less than two decades. This this franchise doesn't even have a, a champion. They only have one playoff win in, what, 25 years? And these fans still show up every single game, even on the road, and they're rooting for their team. You can hear the tomahawk chop at several road games. And it's disappointing that this is how the Chiefs decide to give back to their fans, by having them witness blown leads you pay all that money for parking for tickets for beer for for uh food uh, merchandise in the team store that's you can find a, th- a third of that price uh, you know at a, at a at a shield or a dick sporting goods uh man uh you, you, i just feel like sometimes this franchise does not deserve this loyal fan base. I really don't think it does. I really don't think the Chiefs deserve that. I don't. Because this fan base doesn't deserve to see this year after year. Something's got to change it. If I'm Clark Hunt, I tell Andy Reid, look, you, 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 you still have your job here, but you've got to give the play calling duties to somebody else. And I'll say this, as far as Andy Reid's job goes, he has to win a playoff game next year. And if he doesn't, I think you have to start entertaining the idea of a head coaching change. Because I've defended Andy Reid a lot. But at the end of the day, hey, l- listen, if you're going to fire Andy Reid now, who are you going to bring in better? I don't know if you can do that. As much as I've been critical about Bill Self, going back to my KU basketball comparison, as much as I've been com- uh, critical about Bill Self, and I think he's overrated, who are you going to replace him with? I've always been part of the camp where if you want to fire someone or if you want a replacement you have to be able to give me a name of a guy who can come in and do better whenever I've talked about making a change at quarterback I've always mentioned Deshaun Watson until they drafted Pat Mahomes and even then I still think Pat Mahomes could do better and I still think that right now Andy Reid I think he can do better I really do he just has that that one tiny issue with Andy Reid is a play calling that's it one small thing. I don't want to fire a guy over one small thing. I really don't. You know, if you and your 
significant other, if you have one massive argument over something stupid, is it worth breaking up over that one stupid small issue? No. You try to resolve it, you work around it, and you put it behind you, and hopefully that issue never comes up again. The same thing with the Chiefs. It's just that play calling. I know I know it's easier said than done, but still, all you've got to do is let your offensive coordinator, whoever it's going to be next year, that, that's definitely going to be something we'll discuss on the next podcast, but that's something that you've, it, it's so easy to fix. But for whatever reason, the Chiefs are letting it be a continued issue. That is my problem with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Farzim Vesugian. Give my page a like. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. You guys can also email me, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. This is just very disappointing. It really is. And props to the to the Titans. They wanted it way more than the Chiefs. And for the Chiefs, starting with ownership, the front office, the, the coaching staff, and the players, everyone's got to look at themselves in the mirror and they've got to ask themselves, you know, do we want it next year? Do we want to come back and 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 look better and put this game behind us? I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm I, I I say this year and year, I'm going to try not to buy into the hype. Uh, I, I really, I mean, unless they go undefeated, maybe they they somehow reel me back in and, and then they fool me again in the playoffs. Who knows? Things always change. When I mean, in the moment, you may feel a certain way. Uh, but gosh, it, it's just frustrating when you feel like this over and over and over again. The Chiefs need to find a way to reward this loyal fan base of theirs and find a way to get to the championship, to get to the Super Bowl, because it is long overdue. And the Chiefs, I feel like in the last two seasons, they have blown two great opportunities with this great team they've had to get there. And. They look like a team that was impossible to stop. But, as we know, there's no such thing as a team that's impossible to stop. Even the best of the best. There are ways to stop them. And the Chiefs showed in this that they're not as invincible as they make it seem like they, they can be at times. They they left the door wide open. And they let another team, in this case the Titans, take advantage. And they found a way to stop the Chiefs. And the Kansas City Chiefs season ends in the wild card round of the playoffs. Very disappointing ending once again to the season. As always, let me know your thoughts on social media. Subscribe to the podcast, The Chiefs Zone, on iTunes. If you if you like the podcast, share it on social media. Again, like I said, the podcast isn't going anywhere. We're still going to be doing stuff. I'm still going to be posting on social media. I know uh, discussions are going to be down a little bit because it is the offseason. There's not going to be a, a whole lot to talk about, but we'll still be talking. We're not going to be going anywhere, so make sure you are locked in on the podcast and on social media. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. All right, there's only one story I really want to talk about here because this may take a little bit of time. There was a report that came out late in the week about the just really the dynasty that has been created with Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and of course the, the, the Kraft family. But a report did come out that there's some sort of conflict between Brady Belichick and Robert Kraft. And the Patriots were very defensive and very quick to come out with a joint statement from the three of them saying that it's disappointing there's a report like this and that there's no truth. Uh, listen, the Patriots didn't play this week because they're on a bye, of course. 
And once practice is underway after their bye week, they're, I mean, this is going to be a very uncomfortable media session with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I mean, they're going to have to answer for a lot of weird questions. You know Belichick's going to deflect a lot of these. Maybe he gets asked to actually answer some of these questions, but... Boy, uh, this is going to be very tough uh, for the Patriots this week. And I'm not listen. People talk about distractions and such. Look, I don't buy into that. Uh, but however, when something like this gets leaked and, and gets reported, th- there's got to be some sort of truth to it. There's got to be. Uh, I'm not saying all of it's true, but especially when a franchise comes out with a joint statement from a player, a coach, and an owner, uh, that tells me that. This is a huge PR move, and the Patriots are trying to cover up something. Uh, and, and listen, every time something negative, really big, comes out about a, a, a sports team or, or a big-name celebrity or a, or a big company, uh, the PR department is always quick to come out with some sort of a statement to try to defend uh, the individual or the organization, whatever the case may be. So when you see a move like that, that tells me that they're, they're definitely trying to cover and hide something and that there's some truth to what's being reported about them. Again, I'm not saying that this is going to destroy their relationship or what they have right now, and they're all going to go their own way soon, but uh, something tells me there might be something... There's some truth to what's being reported. At the same time, look, there's a reason why they've won five Super Bowls in recent memory. Uh, Look, you, you look at the success they've had, all right, and it doesn't come easy. They have to. I'm sure there are a lot of disagreements that came on the way that led to them eventually. And I'm not saying that's the reason why, but it's not like they were agree agreeing on everything. To have a successful organization like the Patriots, uh, you you go over a lot of things, and some things you may not agree with, but you eventually find out who's right, who was wrong, and what works ultimately in the end, and what leads to a championship. Uh, so listen, the team and people showed. Uh, I know there's a big blizzard over right now in the Northeast, and people were showing uh, videos of Patriots players going into practice, even on a bye week in this blizzard. And people said this is why Bill Belichick has five rings. This is why Tom Brady has five rings. These guys are going into practice every single day uh, when rules allow them to, and they still practice even in some of the worst conditions because. They've got they've got a goal in mind. The, the, the goal is the big one, the Super Bowl. So these things are not easy to to overcome. Uh, you're gonna have disagreements in, in the meeting room and in, in the office and team meetings and such. Uh, so I think some of it might be a little bit blown out of proportion. So I guess we'll see you this week how media availability goes with the Patriots. And if people think this is such some big distraction, well then. I guess we'll find out whenever the Patriots play next Saturday uh, in Foxborough. It's going to be either the Titans or one of the two teams in Sunday's AFC wildcard battle, the other AFC wildcard game. Let's go out of bounds. All right, a lot of you guys know that Conor McGregor had that big fight against Floyd Mayweather in which, even when he lost, he made $100 million for that. Uh, and when he's on Twitter, first of all, he's holding the UFC uh, uh, lightweight belt hostage because he's not even willing to come back to fight. He wants more money, even though he's the highest paid fighter right now with the UFC. 
and he's just bragging about how uh, you know he he has all this money and, and, and you know he's he, he makes more money than the opponents that he's about to fight uh, when he refused to show up to a press conference to promote his own fight he, he, he was bragging about how he made the company 40 million dollars listen show some decency man uh, you so many people would love to have the money that you have so at least be a little humble with all of that money uh, what did I say a couple weeks ago Greg Popovich said if you're rich as hell do some stuff with charity and look I'm not saying Connor doesn't maybe he does I don't know uh, not all of these things are revealed in the public with what certain celebrities do with their money if they have a lot of it but uh, from all we hear about Connor with money is that he just brags about it and he brags about how he has nice suits and nice watches and nice cars. Yet, for a speeding ticket, he shows up to a courtroom in Ireland in a sweatshirt and sweatpants. So, for a guy who brags about all the money he has, he shows up to a courtroom, apparently pissed off the judge, and showed up like a slouch just out of bed on a on a weekend. So, look, I mean, the guy needs to show some decency. He's got so much money. Floyd Mayweather has more money than him, and even he doesn't brag so much about it like this. Uh, so, look, show some decency, would you? Because you've got a lot of money, and I certainly hope he did some things for the holidays, feeding kids, families that aren't as fortunate. So, hopefully, he was able to at least do some of that. Because, um, man, I, I just don't like it when people brag about their money and, and refuse to be the sport that they're a champion of. Uh, that they're still a part of and just brag about their money. It, it, it just looks really bad on a person. Another thing that looks bad on someone, Logan Paul. I'm sure you guys have heard about this. Uh, this is not looking good for a guy, uh, Logan Paul. Uh, he has posted several apologies because in Jap- he was in Japan filming uh, at a place called Suicide Forest, I believe, where apparently people go to this forest and several times a year people are committing suicide, which is a horrible thing. In one of the videos that he did for his YouTube video, he showed a a dead body, and it's presumed that this person had committed suicide, showed that body in his own YouTube video, and I guess he and his friends were kind of making jokes about it, thinking it was funny that they just came across a a body of a person who had just taken their own lives, Uh, which, you know, we all know about suicide. It's It's a very serious issue, and if anyone ever thinks about it, you know, please talk to somebody about it. Uh, tell someone because it's 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 definitely something that can be solved around. I don't care what the issue is. It definitely can be t- uh, talked about with, with somebody. But here's a guy making a joke about it and he took down the video, made several apologies. YouTube is under fire for allowing that video to be up because uh, even in, in the thumbnail they actually show the body, but it actually gets worse for him. He, he tries to make up for it by filming a cultural video in Japan. And he's actually making fun of their culture, what people in Japan wear at at some uh, open mall, at some uh, market area. He actually grabs um, a a Pokeball from from the Pokemon show and is throwing it at Japanese people, thinking that it's funny in some sort. Uh, This is, listen, we're in 2018 now. In what ways... Do people think that they could show something, especially on YouTube when you have such a strong following? Uh, Why does a guy like Logan Paul, who has such a strong following, think that he can show a dead body, make fun of the culture in Japan, and think that it's going to be completely okay with his following? I'm always very cautious, even though I don't have as many followers as some people out there. 
I still try to be very cautious with what I say because I know if I say something completely out of line, I'll probably get more retweets and more attention than ever for all the wrong reasons. And you never want that. People say no attention or, 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 or no listeners uh, is a bad thing. And if you have all the attention, that's a good thing. No, I, I, I disagree with that. I, I never believe in stirring up controversy just to attract more viewers or anything like that. I, I think that's a horrible way to go about it. And this Logan Paul guy, I had no idea who Logan Paul was. Uh, I'm not big on the whole YouTube celebrities. There used to be only eight of them ten years ago, and now just having a couple thousand subscribers on YouTube, uh, I guess that qualifies you to be a YouTube celebrity, so to say. Uh, but man, this guy's under a lot of fire. And look, I, if I'm YouTube, I I make a statement. I shut down his account and let it know. Let it be known that you can't just make these kinds of videos. Make us also look bad and get away with it. I think that should be done. Final segment of the show, let's throw some penalty flags. Okay, look, uh, you could probably throw a flag in different directions with this one. This one's interesting. Cleveland Browns fans, I read about this earlier this week, I thought this was a joke. And even a girl who was interviewed who showed up to this event, she thought this was also going to be a joke. But apparently, this was a a pretty big deal. Uh, Cleveland Browns fans put together a parade for going 0-16. And according to Cleveland police, an estimated between 2,500 and 3,200 people showed up to either watch or take part in this comical event. Uh, People had signs, can LeBron play quarterback? John 0-16. So there were a lot of... (laughs) Fans found a way to really be creative with this. But here's what they also did. And I'm throwing the flag at people criticizing fans for this. Again, listen, listen. I think this is a really dumb way to raise money. But if you're going to raise money one way, this will obviously attract uh, attention one way or another. So if this is how they did it, uh, look, odd things like this, it it can make the news. So Cleveland Browns fans during this 0-16 parade, uh, they donated four fans full of food to the Cleveland Food Bank, along with almost $15,000 raised in funds, including $8,000 donated directly to the food bank from Farmers Only, which is a dating website. I'm not sure what their uh, affiliation was uh, specifically with this parade. Uh, But man, there you go. Uh, Kind of a weird way to get together. Again, people can do what they want with their time, with their free time. Uh, I thought this was kind of a waste of an event, waste of, of a reason to get out of the house, but hey, sure, people raise money for it. So at the end of the day, there is something good that came out of it. So for those criticizing Cleveland fans for this, well, there's a flag thrown at you. You know, John Gruden is going back to coaching now. He is reportedly going to be hired officially on Tuesday. That'll be the official announcement. There are reports that he is going to receive a 10-year million contract. Listen, let me just say this. Uh, I mean, to leave the booth after making $6.5 million a year, I guess this would be worth it, a a $3.5 million raise. But, uh, gosh, I've got to say, for a guy who has not coached in quite a long time, I think that is a little too much. John Gruden called, he was talking about how D Ford was 
absent and the Chiefs were missing him, he called D. Ford a phenomenal pass rusher, which is not the case at all. Now listen, coaches will say things in the public eye that just come off a little weird, but you know they're coaches, so they're, they're, they're not going to say negative things about their players publicly, so... Uh, take that for what you will. But I think that contract is too much for a guy who has never coached before. I know the ongoing discussion is why isn't Gruden coaching? Especially when, when he explains things and the way he goes about explaining things. You really just understand why this guy was a su- successful coach and why he won the, uh, the Super Bowl before. But I just think that's too much money for a guy who's never coached before. Do you guys think that way? Let me know your thoughts on social media because I think that's way too much money for someone who has not coached the game in a long time. And you got to throw a flag at ESPN, who, of course, Gruden was working for. They actually leaked out the report that Gruden was going to be hired. And listen, ESPN is very, very careful when one of their own guys, uh, when there's a rumor about them going somewhere else. For example, Tim Tebow going to play pro baseball for the Mets. I mean, ESPN was very cautious in reports for that. When it was talked about Herm Edwards going to Arizona State to become their head coach. And by the way, Herm Edwards is now the longest tenured coach, football coach, in the state of Arizona. Never thought we'd ever say that. Uh, But uh, sure enough, uh, ESPN was very hum-hum, hush about this whole uh, Herm Edwards story. And the same thing with John Gruden. You hear other networks talk about it. ESPN's always there to talk about a a rumor for a head coaching job. Uh, But when it's one of their guys, they're kind of quiet about this. Listen... I understand it's their own employee, but you can never have this double standard here. Uh, you've got to treat uh, reporting fair every single time, no matter who it is. Again, I understand Gruden's a big name. He's an important part of uh, your establishment, but you've got to report everything fairly at all times. I just think that's how you have to go about it. And I think ESPN should change that and let their uh, let all these former players and coaches know who start working for them that, look, if your name does get brought up, for some sort of gig, we've got to discuss it because we do it for other coaches too, in all fairness. So I think that needs to be mentioned because uh, you don't want to piss off your own guys. But listen, if guys like Herm Edwards and John Gruden get involved, they've got to also understand that if their name gets brought up, if there are valid rumors about them going somewhere else, then they've got to understand that their own company, ESPN, a media publication they've got to talk about it same thing if tony dungy were to ever go coaching he should expect nbc sports to report about it fairly just like how the nbc sports would for any coach that's being rumored to take a job not a fun podcast to do not a fun one but hey uh we always have fun doing it in all seriousness uh i always enjoy doing this win or lose uh but man it it just would be nice if the chiefs didn't lose games the way that they seem to constantly lose them. It's just unfair to this fan base, and this franchise is really long overdue to win not just a home playoff game, but a Super Bowl. Since 1970, have not done that, and I think it's time for some changes to be made. We'll talk more about that later this week. Surely we'll know a little bit more coming into that podcast, so we'll discuss that Friday morning. But hey, like I said, this podcast is not going anywhere, so please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes if you haven't before. And if you haven't, please share it on social media. Let your friends know about the Chiefs on Podcast. We'll continue to do it into the offseason and on to next season. And I'm sure this offseason there will be a lot of things to discuss with this Chiefs team. So we're definitely going to be here discussing all of that. And eventually this podcast is going to go back to being done once a week, except for certain occasions such as the first week of free agency, draft weekend and such. 
uh, we'll have multiple podcasts those weeks, but for the most part, we'll be going back soon to doing only one podcast per week. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, and if you want to interact with me, very easy to do. A couple ways to do so, facebook.com slash Farzikasugi, that is my page, give it a like, follow me on Facebook, talk to me on there, also follow me on Twitter, at Farzine21, that is my Twitter account, so follow me on there and interact with me on the tweet machine, and you guys can also email me, Farzine at Farzimasugian. Chief season, once again, in disappointing fashion, comes to an end. What are you going to do about it? Not much. But we'll still be here doing the Chief Zone podcast, and I'll be on social media talking to you guys. So make sure you guys are locked in on all of that. A big thanks to all of you guys for listening this week, throughout the year, whenever you joined in for the podcast, whether you're a new listener or a long-time listener, always appreciate you guys listening. And like I said, we'll still be here talking Chiefs football and much more. That'll do it for this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I'll talk to you guys later this week. We'll touch on the offseason, preview the offseason, and any news and notes that come up about the Chiefs. Where does this franchise go from here after another disappointing loss? We'll go into that, talk about the future under center with the quarterback position, Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes, all of that later this week. Take care.